When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to For Fans Of, a new or rather revamped entertainment podcast from Fansided. Each week, I, your host, Shay Corrigan, uh, will be joined by two guests to tell you all about the two most must-see shows on TV this week. But before we get to that, what is even on TV this week, you may be asking? If you're somebody that's uh, playing catch-up because you have a DVR and or other responsibilities, you may have missed that The Walking Dead returned on Sunday night for one night only, the season 10 premiere, as well as the premiere of the second Walking Dead spinoff, The World Beyond. Um, on Monday night, we had Dancing with the Stars, which we'll hear more about a little bit later in the show, but had a little bit of a kerfuffle when Tyra Banks channeled her inner Steve Harvey and announced the wrong contestants in the bottom two places, the woman that was ultimately eliminated. We'll spare you the spoilers. Threw a little bit of a fit when she left and refused to do any press. Drama! Uh, coming up later this week, we have the Supernatural premiere for its 15th and final season. We also have an NBC sitcom called Connecting, which is one of the first in a spate of COVID and pandemic-related sitcoms coming your way. Friday sees Netflix premiere of The Haunting of Bly Manor. Again, we'll hear more of that in a little bit but it's the follow-up to last year's uh, smash hit, Haunting of Hill House. Disney Plus is also premiering The Right Stuff. On Saturday, we've got Saturday Night Live again. If you missed the return of the season last weekend with Chris Rock, you can catch this Saturday's episode with comedian uh, Bill Burr, as well as a musical guest whose name I'm blanking on, but is already making headlines because he was seen partying um, over the weekend. Yay! And then finally, Sunday, we see another Walking Dead show, Fear the Walking Dead Returns as well. So those are an overview of your options for this week. Now, to tell us more about The Haunting of Fly Manor, we have Fanside and Entertainment Managing Editor, Natalie Zamora. Natalie, sell me on Haunting of Fly Manor. Yeah, so like you said, The Haunting of Bly Manor, it's a new show on Netflix. It is a follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House, which came out in 2018. And if you guys didn't watch that, it was super, super popular. You know, all over Twitter, everyone was talking about it. It was a good show. So um, both of these shows are based on, are based on books. They're both in the horror genre. Um, the Haunting of Bly Manor is based on The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Um, that came out all the way back in 1898. So this show really has that old school classic horror vibe where the storytelling is actually really good. And it's not all, you know, jump scares or the classic dumb characters that don't know what they're doing and they fall for everything. Like, this is nice. It's refreshing. Um, and so I would recommend it, you know, if you're looking for a new show to binge this month for Halloween, uh, Bly Manor is definitely that. It has a good story, it has really great acting, and it overall does a really good job of getting you into that spooky feeling that I really wanted this month, I always do, but this month <laughs> specifically. Um, I've been it really, really fast because it really pulls you in and it gets you invested right off the bat. 
Um, it has a good balance of creepy stuff, obviously, and it actually has some really good uh, heartfelt moments, which I was surprised about. I was not expecting that. Um, if you're a fan of, I would say, American Horror Story, Castle Rock, or probably even Stranger Things, you should probably check out Bly Manor. For me, I really love checking out everything scary that's streaming just because I'm a huge horror fan in general. So I was personally really hyped to watch Bly Manor, but I will say that this show would be good for everyone, even if horror isn't your favorite. I really can't recommend it enough, even if you if you're not into horror, like I said, and if you just want that quality content that will also put you in the Halloween spirit, definitely watch it. Okay, so my first and most important question is, <laughs> is it scary? Okay, so I will start this off by saying I do not get scared of anything, but with that said, I will, you know, recognize, okay, this show, people would find it scary. For Blind Manor, I'm going to say it is not scary. Okay. That's good. And also a little bit, I don't want to say affirming, but I remember yeah. seeing some things that were like, oh, like you think this is a horror show. It's actually a love story. And I was, my reaction to that was like, hmm, what? Can you shed any light on how a horror show is also a love story in this case? Yeah, it honestly is, I would say, kind of more of a love story than a horror story. And of course, you know, they're not going to market it that much that way even though it's funny that you saw that because I did not really see any of that love stuff before watching it and then as I was watching it I was like this is so cute like there are a lot of really cute moments and they kind of like obviously not to spoil anything but they do say it's a love story in the show so oh. <laughs> that's sweet um okay so you mentioned too that it's obviously the follow-up anthology-esque to mm -hmm. Hill House What's the relationship there? Are we in a shared universe? Are there like characters, Easter eggs? What's going on? So there's not, it's not a shared universe, except that now it's just called, you know, the haunting anthology. So it's by the same creator, Mike Flanagan. He made a bunch of horror movies. He made that movie um, Oculus and then Hush, which is on Netflix. So he knows what he's doing in the horror business. But besides that, they have a lot of the same cast, um, and then that's it. There's not the same characters. It's not the same setting, and, yeah, it's a completely different story. Interesting. And you mentioned that they're both based on books. I remember hearing or reading that, like, Hill House was very much, like, inspired by the source material, where it wasn't quite the same story do you know, and I realize we're getting into like English major territory here, <laughs> what the relationship is between Turn of the Screw and Bly Manor? Is it a more traditional adaptation? What's going on? I think that, so I didn't read um, the original book, so I'm not sure, um, I will say, but I'm pretty sure that it's more of like an inspiration because um, they did take inspiration from other books too, but Turn of the Screw is just the main one. So I one think it's pretty similar. I did see that some of the characters were the same when I was just doing research on the show. So I think it's pretty similar, but there's also other books that influenced it. Interesting. And another question that I've got, one that is maybe second to the scary question. What would you say is it better, worse, or like simply too different when you're comparing it to the first season? I will say that I liked Hill House more. It's funny because I'm like, 
talking about how you should watch by manner and then I'm like it's not scary and Hill House is better but no it was really enjoyable to watch but I did like Hill House more only because I am a horror fan so you know I'm going into it wanting to be at least a little bit scared or you know creeped out something but I it was definitely more of a cutesy vibe which is fine but for me personally I like Hill House more and I also think Hill House had more characters that were developed and the storylines were just more complex whereas this was kind of straightforward again it might just be a preference that i like this book more than the um haunting and haunting of hill house book but i did like hill house more interesting i feel like i don't know to the scary point you and I've had this conversation before about having like relatively high uh tolerances for this so i'm excited for us yeah. to come up hard with like it's not scary and then have like a bunch of mentions being like this was the most terrifying thing I've seen all month (laughs) yeah that's what happened to me with Hill House because I also was going into it hoping it was scary and then people were like it was so scary and I would tell them okay where I liked it but where it wasn't scary so I'm assuming people are gonna have that same reaction like telling me that they thought Bly Manor was scary but it was, it's really good. I still recommend it. But if you're looking for that, like you're trying to be terrified, it's not going to be this. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Natalie. Uh, and now for something completely different. We've got Cody, Cody Schultz, our fan-sided entertainment director, here to tell us about Dancing with the Stars. Hello, everyone. So Dancing with the Stars, it's definitely, it was an interesting week to be talking about it because we do have a lot of scandal that happened this week. Um, for me, it's always been one of those guilty pleasure shows where you can just unplug for two hours and, you know, watch these people who aren't familiar with dancing, you know, take on something new, they break down walls, and it's just kind of a feel-good hour or two of your time, and I think more than ever, we need that each week, so it's just like a nice escape, and where else can you find, you know, your favorite stars from the 90s and the 80s competing alongside singers and reality stars, it's kind of like the best of both worlds for any kind of TV fan. Um, And the beauty is it's live TV. And so you never know what to, you know, what to expect and what's going to happen, which we particularly saw with the October 5th episode and the the scandal, I think we'll touch on a little bit here soon with the the voting results. Um, But it's just one of those good reality shows that it's been around forever, but you don't have to know the history to enjoy a season, which is always great as someone looking for something, especially a filler show in these times. You can just dive into it, watch a season. You don't have to, you know, learn multiple seasons of backstory. Just dive in, root for the people you like, and, and it's just good fun. It sounds like there is, though, a little bit of sort of an added benefit to people that have been with the show for a long time, because I remember when it premiered, I was watching the season for the first time and talking to you, and, like, you knew all this, like, backstory about each of, like, all like, the coaches and uh, the dancers um, that sort of felt like really kind of would add to the experience if you know their history as well. It, it really is because it's funny. I've never like, I don't know anything about dancing, but I feel like I do from watching the show. Like I can easily pick up on now after watching 28 seasons, like, oh, they're doing this kind of dance. And it's like, I don't know what kind of that pop culture knowledge I ever expected to pick up from watching <laughs> a show like this. Because it's like, oh, they're doing a cha-cha this week or, oh, that's a paso pose. And it's like, as you watch the shows and you get invested just as equally in the pros, as you do the celebrity, um, which it's like there's certain seasons, you'll find yourself rooting for just the pro, no matter who they have. Like you may not like their partner, but it's like, I really love this pro. I want to see them win finally. And so it's like you do get invested somewhat in these right, returning casts. 
That's amazing. Uh, 28 seasons, though, is that's a lot. Those are almost like Survivor or Bachelor numbers. Um, so with the landscape that is so crowded in reality competition shows, what does Dancing with the Stars offer that you're not seeing elsewhere? I think the thing that Dancing with the Stars has always kind of been able to bring to the table that no one else does is it's really a melting pot. I mean, where else can you see Carol Baskin of Tiger King <laughs> competing alongside a basket, you know, a Backstreet Boy and a Super Bowl champion, all in like sequin outfits, competing, you know, dancing and trying new things? There's nothing like that. Granted, now Fox has the Mass Singer, which is its own monster. <laughs> um, but there's really no other show where you can get so many different elements and see all of your kind of fandoms come together in one place for, you know, two hours of dance each week, which is just kind of a weird thing to see certain stars take to the ballroom. Well, speaking of Super Bowl champions and, you know, other sort of fan favorites from other fandoms, what have you noticed about, like, which stars do really well on the show? You know, I think everyone always goes to the NFL and the Olympians, which they have a track record of, like, taking the home, the champion, making it to the final three. I think they're probably the most, you know, recognizable demographic. But really, it seems to be the actors that that tend to do the best. And I think that's because they end end up getting a lot of, like, nostalgic people from shows that we grew up on. And so it's like, finally, they're back on your screens and you want to root for them. And it's funny seeing some of these stars that maybe haven't been on the, you know, in the headlines for multiple years suddenly they're back and they're dancing and everyone can't get enough of them. And they end up going to the finals and winning just because fans are so happy to see them back. And it's helped jumpstart a lot of careers too, as you've got these people who haven't really done much. They come on the show, people are talking about them. And then all of a sudden you see them booking new projects and it's kind of that neat, you know, quick pro quo. I want to say of like, they come on the show, but they, they get not just dancing experience, but it kind of puts them back out there for the public to see. Um, Bachelor nation is another one that, has really come far these last couple of years. Um, like, you know, we had, what was it? Grocery store Joe, like made it to the semifinals <laughs> one year just because Bachelor Nation loved him. Uh, Hannah, you know, won last season, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny seeing, I think it definitely helps the reality stars. That's their audience built in already. Um, which I think, I think if we had to do it, the NFL and Olympians kind of edge out in the end just because they have more mirror balls. But the <laughs> athletes, I think, are slept on. I mean, the uh, <laughs> actors. That's, that's interesting. Um, and sort of speaking of like Bachelor Nation and sort of those built-in fan bases, I'm curious about like the voting system because I'm aware that voting is involved. I don't really know how it works or how people get eliminated. So first off, I'm hoping you can explain that to me. But then also answer sort of the perennial question of do fan votes matter? Like, Can, can your vote make a difference? So it's kind of been an evolution. At first, it was only fan votes. um, And then they factored into like the judges scores, like a percentage. They never really, I don't think, said the fan percentage. But it was like they took fewer votes, combined that with the judges score, and then they factored the bottom two using some algorithm. Now, fans vote, but the judges get to pick between the final two, like the bottom two. So if two of the three judges want to save a certain star, they have that ability now. And I think that kind of came into play because we saw a lot of good dancers go home early in their seasons just because they didn't have a fan base, uh, which kind of pivots into the question of does, you know, voting matter? I think it does. It's a weird voting audience, but I mean, you look at Bobby Bones who won, I think season 27 wasn't the best answer that season, but he had the country music fans behind him 
and they rallied and he ended up taking home the mirror ball that year because he had such a big fan base. And I think we see it also with like Bachelor Nation. They have those, you know, really engaged fans. They want to see their favorite stars go well and go far in the competition. So they're voting. And it's kind of like the flip of the, you see the older stars don't tend to go quite as far now because of that. Um, I was looking back as I was curious and it's like, you have to go back to season 11 to find someone who was over 50 who won. And that was just under the cusp with Jennifer Gray, who had just turned 50 that year. Wow. And then no one over 50 has won the mirror ball. And so it's been a lot more younger. I don't know if the audience is shifting as the show's going on. Um, because we're seeing like a trend towards younger winners. And I, I think it does have to do with those are the people voting now. Well, that's fascinating. Also makes me want to like figure out how to vote and just go like support. Uh, I don't know who, I don't know who's on the season this year, but uh, go, go show some love to people that aren't um, in one of those easily dominated categories. Uh, which brings me to my next question. Who do you like this season? Like who do you think is going to go far and who do you want to see go far? So going back to NFL, I think Vernon Davis is the favorite this year. Um, he seems to be doing really well. He's got a good partner with PETA. Um, she's always someone I personally just have enjoyed because I like dancers who put the choreography on the celebs, not carrying it because there are certain <laughs> ones that it's like you're watching them just dance in circles around their celebrity. Yeah. Um, he does have two, you know, he's got the San Francisco 49ers. He's got the Denver Bronco fandom. So I think he, he's got two passionate sports fans groups behind him. And I think he's really going to go far. Um, I was surprised. I know there's a little bit of scandal with Anne Hesch leaving. Um, I, I do think she deserved to go further than she ended up going. I don't think she was quite as bad. Um, it's kind of that trend of we've seen three of the older stars go home first, uh, the first three weeks, which has been interesting. Um, I'm really enjoying, I, I don't personally follow The Bachelorette. Um, but it's been, it's been fun seeing, um, it's Caitlin, right? I think yes. I, okay, I just want to make sure that I mix <laughs> up the names. I've been enjoying watching her this season. I think she could go far, um, especially since we've seen how Bachelor Nation has rooted for their people in the past. Hannah Brown, I think is the current reigning champ. So I, it'd be interesting to see if they can do a two-peat with mm -hmm. two back-to-back -back Bachelor Nation stars winning. Um, Plus, she's got a pro that uh, has never won before, and it's always fun rooting for those underdogs who haven't had the chance to take home a win yet. It's kind of like you want to see them finally get that victory, especially the ones that have been on the show for more than one season. Oh, fun. Um, well, it sounds like we're going to have to tune in, and we're going to have to – well, I don't know. You named an NFL player and a uh, <laughs> Bachelor Nation person, so their fan bases are there. But maybe we'll throw some votes to, I don't know, whoever seems like an underdog. Um, all right. So there we go. We've got two shows this week that you should absolutely tune in. Two shows offering you very different moods. You've got Bly Manor, which is going to be your sneaky, heartwarming horror story. And then you've got Dancing with the Stars, which is your ultimate escapist show for literally any fan interest because they've got you covered from football to Bachelor to uh, old Hollywood. Um, ooh. Sorry to jump back, but I did want to ask, how's my girl Justina Machado doing? I am really enjoying watching her this season. She's doing, I, I think her judges' scores have been a bit lower than they should be. Yeah. Um, I really, she just lights up the stage when she takes to the ballroom. Like, she's just, you want to root for her. She's got this, like, warm personality. She's got the, you know, it's not like she's a bad dancer. She's a great dancer. And so I'm really hoping fans get behind her and vote her through, because I'd love to see her go far. 
Um, she's got another pro who hasn't won a season, so I'd love to see him get the mirror ball. Um, it, but I'm really loving seeing her take to the stage. And I know they're, she's addressing like key issues. I know like this last week, she touched a little bit about, you know, lack of diversity in entertainment. And so I think anytime using those platforms is always great to see. And it's great to see people given those chances, um, which is another thing Dancing with the Stars kind of does a nice job of. It's bringing a, a good diverse group together, not just all, you know, one walk of life. Yeah, we've got to rally those Netflix one day at a time fans who are upset about the cancellation, get them to vote. Um, but now, now, now I know who I'm going to go vote for uh, and watch the show because I feel like that's an important part. <laughs> yeah. and anyways, now that I've remembered to touch on her, those are your two shows for the week. We've got uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. We've got Dancing with the Stars on ABC, right? It's the network. Yep, ABC. Um, and we will talk to you all next week with two more shows. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.